Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the 13th episode of the Get Your Bell Rung football podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we'll be looking at the AFC East and how we think each team looks going into the season. These breakdowns will have to be abbreviated, though. We're going to try to cover all four teams in an hour, but we will be able to get into more depth on some of these guys as the season approaches. Kevin, how you doing? Doing all right. Hot, sweaty, rushing around a lot. Other than that, doing well. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't, I'm not sure if I uh, mentioned this to you, but uh, I was gone for two weeks. That's why uh, last week's episode, I did it from my parents' basement, which was a lot of fun. But um, I found out once I got back to my house in North Carolina that the moment that we left our home, the air conditioning unit went out and the unit was running, but it was not blowing cold air. So for two weeks, 24 hours a day, all 14 days, my HVAC unit was running and that's what I came home to. No worries. They'll be here to fix it next Tuesday. So we're talking, I got five or six more days left and it was a real feel of 107 today. So luckily for me though, I have a, my upstairs has a separate HVAC and my sunroom also has a separate HVAC. So I'm not living like our ancestors did in the 1980s and 90s. Um, I do have some air conditioning, but it's not ideal living conditions for me, sir. Well, you know what, buddy? I was thinking about that today uh, when, we, when you mentioned this. Was your compressor running the whole time? Just no cold air, coils were frozen, or just your fan was running? Because like, I never turn our fan off. So that way air is always circulating. Compressor only comes on when it needs to. So, so where were you with that? No, no fan, no, no air movement at all. Just the unit outside was running nonstop. I'm, I'm not a mechanic or an HVAC guy, so um, I don't know exactly what was going on, but there was not a lot happening. Okay, fair enough. Well, and, and I know it's not quite as hot in Maryland as it is in North Carolina, but, you know, we, me growing up, I never had any type of air conditioning until I was 21. So, you know, I think you're going to pull through this. If it was 95 outside, it was 95 in my room and you just yeah. sucked it up and dealt with it. I, right. I sort of hate that my daughter's never had to experience that. She's just been pampered with air conditioning her whole life. So uh, uh, as a kid, Max realized, oh, man, this, this is reality. As a kid, I was given the window fan, but I was only allowed to let it suck out, which I better. never... Dude, I never understood. One in, I, one out to at least get a little air circling. It's still hot as all hell, no, but at least no, you had that. And in the wintertime, we had no heat upstairs in our house. So if it got below about 20 outside for maybe two days in a row, you could see your breath in my bedroom. That I is am not exaggerating. You literally could see your breath. It wasn't like this huge pup, but you could see so, a little bit coming out. So it's not um, ideal. It, yeah, it, but it sucked. You're right. We're, we're pampered now and we're used to this. And I, I do want to give a shout out to a local brewery here in um, Winterville, North Carolina, just outside of Greenville, uh, where I live. Local Oak, it is where I'm doing the show. So if you're watching the video on Facebook or YouTube, uh, that's where I am. You can't, I got a t-shirt behind me hanging up uh, with their logo. It's tough to see with the angle, but uh, this is an awesome spot. If you are 
in or around the area if you are visiting. So our ECU is East Carolina University. Uh, it is an awesome spot, especially for families because they have a big outdoor area. They got a big privacy fence all the way around it. My son, I bring him here probably twice a month. We meet other families, all the kids run around, the parents hang out. Um, it's a great spot. So local, local, if you, uh, if you are around the area, definitely check this place out. Very good. I've never been there because I don't live there. Correct. But, uh, but when, you, when cool. you come to visit, yeah, when you come to visit, ma'am, I'll, I'll bring you here. Uh, you ready to go on this AFC East, man? Let's get after it, big boy. All right. So what we're going to do a little different because everyone, when they break down divisions, uh, at least everyone I listen to, they, they do each team individually. They move on. We're because we got to be different. We're going to talk about um, each team and then we're going to go through each team's positional players. So each team's quarterbacks, each team's running backs. And we're going to roll through it like that. Uh, so what I'll do, Kevin, is I'll go through and I'll just give a like a gen general brief statement on kind of how teams did last year. Uh, maybe some I, some thoughts I have on them. Uh, and when I'm done all the teams, I'm going to get your thoughts, okay? Sounds good to me. All right, Buffalo Bills. According to the DraftKings Sportsbooks, Buffalo is the betting favorite to be the Super Bowl champion. They are at plus 600. They had the number one defense uh, last year in points against, number one in total yards, number one in passing yards. Rushing defense was the only weak spot, to, and I'm saying weak um, with the air quotes, because they were 13th in rushing, rushing yards against. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, they had the third highest scoring offense. They were fifth in total yards. They were sixth in rushing yards. Um, and they come in with PFS 20th ranked offensive line. Miami, 17th um, in odds to win the Super Bowl at plus 4,000. They were 22nd in scoring offense last year, 16th in scoring defense. Uh, they had the 23rd ranked O line, but it's much better than it was last year as they added to Ron Armstead in free agency. Uh, and they obviously added Tyreek Hill, as well as uh, somewhere in the range of 45 running backs, including Raheem Mostert, Sonny Michelle, and Chase Edmonds. And after digging into Miami a little bit, I think they have a chance to improve from their 9-8 and eight record. I, I don't think they're going to move backwards. Uh, they have a decent schedule outside of the division. They have games against the Vikings, the Bengals, and the Chargers, which should be high scoring. And they have two games, obviously, against the Jets. And they have a game against the Lions, the Texans, and the Bears all of which are winnable games. Patriots are plus 5,000 to, to win the championship. Six scoring offense, which we talked about before, still baffles me. I, I, I did not realize that was the case, that they were such a high-scoring team. Second best scoring defense. Um, I'm not sure what to think about them this year. I felt the same last year. I want to think they'll improve. I think Mac Jones will be better. They were 10-7 and seven last year, but they did lose their number one cornerback in J.C. Jackson to free agency. Uh, and then we have the Jets. They have the fourth worst odds in the league at plus 13,000. They were 4-13 and 13 last year, 28th ranked offense, the last ranked defense. They're still a few years away from finishing above 500, but I do think they have some interesting pieces for fantasy, mostly. Uh, I like when my players go against their defense, but I do think their offense is on the way up, maybe slightly this year. Robert Salah is entering his second year as head coach, and uh, I think he's making his mark in the locker room. What say you, sir? About just them or everybody? Any, any thoughts you have on any of those teams? Just a general preview I ran through. Buffalo should run away with this, both from an NFL standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint. All their skilled players are guys that are going to be mostly highly sought after, maybe not running back, but 
and of course your friend Dawson Knox. Miami is a big toss-up here. I've seen things uh, rating their overall roster as high as like the sixth or seventh all best all-around roster in the entire NFL. Some people have them. I don't. I don't have them that high, but man, you never know with them. Even what? Well, even last year, what they was last year the year they like won set or won a game, then lost seven, then won eight, and you, you just don't know. It's correct. Yeah, crazy. Um, if Tua can make a jump up. They're going to challenge. They're not going to win that division, but they, they could get a wild card. Uh, New England, again, just an enigma. Don't know what to do there. I don't want to touch anybody fantasy-wise. Maybe Mac Jones is my backup quarterback. I don't want anybody else on that team. I can't trust any of them. Wow, okay. I just don't want anybody from there. Uh, and then the Jets, you're right. They're a year or two away. They're, they're very young. They have an amazing overall roster now. It really is sharp. But too many pieces, no actual superstars yet, and they need to gel. Football is the ultimate rapport sort of uh, sport, so they, they need to be able to play together for a little while. But, hey, you never know. Every year there's that worst to first team. Don't see it happen here with the Bills there, though. Not a chance. Correct. I agree. I mean, the, listen. It's not like the Bills have a good offense and a shoddy defense. It's not like they have an awesome defense and like maybe we'll we have a patchwork offense. They got them both, brother. They they man, if they don't win a Super Bowl in the next year or two, it's not going to be as big of a travesty as when they lost four straight Super Bowls in the early '90s. But it's going to be close because they have the team to do it. They really do, uh, because eventually those players, as long as they keep winning, whether they win a Super Bowl or not, they're going to want to start getting paid. And correct, you're later. You're going to have to pay them. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not going to say they're a total failure if they don't win the Super Bowl. But boy, I, the the thing is with them is I'd love to see it. But we are oh, looking 100%. at a team that could have the number one offense and number one defense. That's correct. It's, it's rare, correct. but but it, it's a it's a definite possibility. All right, let's run through the QBs, um, and after each one, I want to hear your thoughts on this. For me, Josh Allen, obviously, he's a monster. We talk about him. I mean, we've talked about him a lot. He was fantasy QB 6, 1, and 1 the last three years. Um, last year, 36 passing touchdowns. His 15 picks were a little high. They were tied for the third most, um, but he makes his fantasy heyday with his legs. 122 carries for 763 yards and six touchdowns last year. One negative about this upcoming season, though, is that eight of their games uh, are against teams who ranked in the top 10 in the league as the stingiest in giving up fantasy points to the QBs. So basically half of their games are against tough defenses. Um, And another game is against Baltimore, who, because of injuries last year, was not in that top 10. However, most people think they're going to be much improved this year. Uh, That being said, Allen is one of the the best – QBs in football and most analysts fantasy QB one. So unless 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 you're yeah he's my one unless you're playing in an eight or ten team league which we've discussed before if you're playing in an eight or ten team league you should just not be playing fantasy at all. Correct. This is a no brainer starter every week. I don't care if you're playing the eighty five Bears, the two thousand one Ravens. I don't I don't care about any of it. If that's or actually two thousand if you're playing them. Doesn't matter. You still start Josh Allen every week. You expect big points. If he throws three picks, who cares? He's going to get 60 yards on the ground to counter that. You, you, right. The thing is, him. you can't sit him 
and then he blows up for 37 points and you look like the biggest fool in the world. I'd rather play him when he has an off game and gets 11 points. I can live with that at night. I can live with that. I can't live with putting him on the bench and watching him blow up. At 100%, 100%. Uh, all right, so we'll go to Miami. Tua, it's not good. He's not good. He averaged just shy of 30 pass attempts per game last year, but that number is sure to dip. With new head coach and running game aficionado, Mike McDaniel, now calling the shots in Miami. Tua also paired 10 interceptions with only 16 passing touchdowns. He missed four games, but he, he still only had five games with multiple passing touchdowns and four games with zero passing touchdowns. That's not going to do it, my friend. No, it's not. Not from a fantasy standpoint. This is a guy, though, I wouldn't mind having, depending on the league, as a backup. Because he could be hit or miss. It may be Tyreek's a genius, and all these things he's saying are absolutely true. And next thing you know, Tua's throwing up three fitty and three touchdowns a week. I don't think it's going to happen. But he might be a spot star. When you got those weapons, you can't help but succeed once in a while. But, yeah, he's not starting in my league, whether it's a 12 or a 16. There's just no way. Wow. Here's the deal. Here's the deal for me. I'm I'm not drafting him. If I'm in a super flex league, I'm not drafting him. I if I'm in a two QB league, it, whatever. Tua will not be on my team. And look, I might be wrong. There's a chance for anything to happen. Yeah. But I'm dude. I am riding the anti Tua bandwagon all the way off the cliff if I have to. But right here's not, my here's my Tua thing. If he's there sitting in the very last round, I would maybe pick him up as a guy that, okay, I'm going to give him three weeks. If he doesn't do anything, bye-bye, going, see ya. Whether it's a redraft league, whether it's a league like mine where I'm going to get penalized, just like, okay, I gave you a shot, didn't pan out, sayonara. That's fair. If I'm going to gamble on a late-round quarterback, I'll take this guy, Mac Jones, who far surpassed expectations and was easily the best excuse me, rookie quarterback of the bunch last year. He made the Pro Bowl. He threw for over 3,800 yards to one of the league's worst receiving cores. Unfortunately, that receiving core is really not any better this year. And although he's good in real life, Jones finished as a QB 18 last year, and nine of the guys who finished in front of him played in less games. Yeah, he's not. Well, did he start? He didn't. No, he started right from the beginning, didn't he? Because then they get rid Correct. of Cam like right before the season started. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's he's again, that's a backup guy. If he's starting on your team, you're, you're probably going to be in trouble. The, again, you don't know what you're going to get. He might have a blow up week, but then they might have a game where Belichick runs, you know, 49 running plays and he gets what was it? The we one s- game last year? Two passes. That's right. Yeah. So I can't trust that guy to start. I root for him. Matter of fact, I remember telling you our five, our five rule with the quarterbacks in the first five in the draft every year. I told you last year, I thought he was the one with the most potential to blow up last year. And he did whether, whether it'll continue or not, we don't know, but uh, yeah, can't, can't, can't have him as a starter. I'm not sure I'd call QB 18, a blow up, but he definitely compared to what we thought he was going to we Correct. weren't even sure when, when we were making our predictions on that, if he would even be starting. And then Cam, they shipped Cam out and all of a sudden he's starting. But it's pretty good for a rookie. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not pretending he was like a top five MVP candidate, but 3,800 yards, that's not shabby. And then we get to Zach Wilson. 55% 55 completion percentage, 180 yards a game, nine touchdown passes, 11 interceptions. He He had a QBR of 28. Dude, that is disgusting. Um, he also missed three games and was still on pace to be sacked 57 times. Do you be hard-pressed to find any quarterback, especially a young one, who could be successful under those circumstances? Just ask David, not Derek Carr. But the Jets added Lincoln Tomlinson and, according to PFF, have the 13th-ranked offensive line. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't know what's going on with Makai Becton. Um, I know, you know, we enjoy PFF normally. This one um, confused me a little bit. Hopefully they'll be able to keep Wilson upright. The problem with all of the offensive pieces is that Zach Wilson was the 39th quarterback in points per game last year. Coincidentally, it was right after Trevor Lawrence, which is how they were drafted last year. If you doubled Wilson's points per game, he would have still scored less points than Josh Allen last year. I think he's going to make a little jump this year. I really do. Is he, It'd be tough to make a drop. Well, I'm not just saying I think he's going to go up a little. I think he's significantly going to improve. They're very young. Again, all those weapons around them pretty much are very – they're all young. Even Corey Davis isn't young, but, you know, he's Corey Davis. But Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, these guys – you know, and then you got your Michael Carter. This is only his second year. A lot of, mm-hmm. lot of youth, but they're they, they seem like they're getting better. Maybe we're wrong. They had an amazing draft. Head coach is is strong. They're in a division other than Buffalo that they can compete in. I, I he's a backup again, a backup. If, if this guy's your starting quarterback, you don't know what you're doing, or you're a Jets fan. Uh, so, are you taking um, Mac Jones or Wilson? Mac Jones. Okay. And then uh, Tua or Wilson? Tua. Okay. Same. Well, no. Man. Actually, I'm taking Tua I, over Mac Jones. Ooh. Man. I might take Wilson over Tua. I just want fantasy points. I don't care about wins. I don't no, I agree. Points for that. I just want fantasy points. And that guy has one hell of an offense around him. So I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to I think take he's going to hand chance. the ball off every play. I'm not starting any of these three guys. I'm just True. looking for a guy that I think that in any given week, my guy gets is maybe Herb. It's his bye week that I can just throw out there. And maybe this guy has the opportunity to, to throw a bunch of points that week. I think that's Tua just because of all the weapons. All right. You ready to move into the running backs? Yeah, we better keep moving, big boy. Yes, sir. The Buffalo Bills. They got Devin Singletary, rookie James Cook, Zach Moss, and Duke Johnson. People forget about uh, Singletary. He wasn't bad last year. Of all the running backs with at least 150 carries, he ranked eighth in yards per carry. He also had seven rushing scores, played every game, and he had 50 targets in the pass game. Enter James Cook, an electric pass catching back from Georgia that Buffalo drafted in the second round. You don't draft a running back in the second round unless you plan to use him. And uh, he had over 1,000 scrimmage yards and 11 touchdowns last year in Athens. Zach Moss, he has not been who the Bills wanted him to be. 
you do maybe what are you going to get for him i don't know I mean, that's, dra- i saw i saw yesterday that they're looking they're already throwing out feelers hoping to just ship him out but new start for they, him they don't have to luck. deal with him anymore good luck i mean they draft him in the third round out of utah and it, they're not going to get anything for him now duke johnson for me he feels like a james cook backup plan maybe he plays a third down role until cook picks up the offense what do you think I think he's one of the most disrespected running backs in the league. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I don't know how what more this guy can do to be on the field. I, I don't I do not do – I guess it's that eye test thing again because coaches don't seem to like his 5.1 he looks yards good. per carry. <laughs> they, they'd rather just have him on the bench watching. I don't, I don't understand if – I really don't know if he's somehow wronged the entire league and they're just getting back at him. I, I don't understand. When has he been that? When has he been bad? He not in Cleveland. Bad. I don't understand. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's played great. He's played above average, but he just can't get any respect. I mean, it's because he's named Duke. I don't know something, but uh, it's a great single tear at the end of the year was great, man. He he put up some serious numbers. He won some people some leagues at the end of the year, correct? Yeah, and maybe so, that's when that you know they gave up on Zach Moss. I'm still not. I was big on Singletary coming out, but uh. I've had to pump the brakes. I've been forced to pump the brakes. Part of it's how they use them too. Let, 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 don't let anybody fool fool you. I mean, their primary running back is their quarterback. For sure. For so, sure. Like oh, yeah. I think we've discussed before, where they get the ball down the one, they're not giving the ball to Single Terry. They're not giving it to Zach Moss. They're not giving it to Cook. They're giving I mean, it to that it? monster who's just going to bowl over a line, roll through two linemen and bowl over a linebacker and giggle. And then he giggles about it. (laughs) And then he just, then he does a spike that goes about 70 yards. (laughs) Yeah. He's a maniac, but we love him. hundred percent. All right. Miami running backs. I'm going to lump all these guys together. The three I mentioned earlier were Mostert, Edmonds, and Michelle, along with Miami's incumbent returning leading rusher, Miles Gaskin. The Dolphins, they're going to run the ball a lot. In our Old Faces, New old faces, new Places episode, I mentioned that the Niners last year, where Mike McDaniel was the offensive coordinator, had the six most rushing attempts in the league, coupled with the fifth most rushing scores. On top of that, they had over 100 less pass attempts than Miami did, and that was with a more talented quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. In real life, Miami is set up to succeed in the run game. They will always have a fresh talented back to put on the field unfortunately for fantasy owners this is a situation to avoid there is absolutely no way to know who the lead back will be not only for the season but on a week-to-week basis i mean he could just choose uh this week it's going to be Mostert. this week it's going to be michelle no way to know and i hate it because i want to buy into at least one of these guys and i just can't do it yeah so i'm looking like a step back in 2019 Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida split snaps 36, 34, 24. Before that, or 2020, Mostert, Hasty, McKinnon split it three ways, almost perfectly. It's just going to happen again. NFL standpoint, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You've got three guys who could be, you've got four guys that could be starters. Brilliant. Fantasy-wise, I'm not touching any of them. If I had to, I'd guess Edmonds. Mostert's the big play guy, but as we talk, as he's going for his first 80-yard touchdown in the third quarter of week one, he's going to tear his hammy somewhere between the five and ten. He's going to roll into the end zone, and he won't play again the rest of the year. He's going to get a lot of points for that one carry, but I guess Edmonds. 
RB3s, all of them at best. And, and at even when you best. play them, it's just a wing and a prayer. It's like your kicker thing. You never know in a week, kicker's going to get you two or 22. That's these guys. You have no yep. clue going into it. Which ones are going to be this week, and are they going to do anything? 100%. And speaking of muddied backfields, not quite as gross, um, but not gross. the but, but not it we're not looking in the caribbean ocean here with these next few guys uh and that's the patriots running backs you got damian harris ramadre stevenson james white and pierre strong harris was a lead dog last year on a team that had the eighth most rushing attempts of anyone he finished the season with 929 yards and 15 touchdowns 15 touchdowns he was rb 13 in half point ppr I cannot imagine he's going to find the end zone 15 times again, nope. especially with the addition of James White. He was not there, and then he and, and now he's back. Um, and I know he's injured right now, but he is a Bill Belichick favorite and is bound to get red zone looks. He also has led the Pats in receiving touchdowns once or twice in his career. I talked about that when we were discussing um, Josh McDaniels. Stevenson, he was obviously second fiddle, but he did average 4.6 yards a carry just like Harris did. He finished the year's RB41. He's currently being drafted as RB37. So he's he's right about probably where he should be. He's interesting though, because even though they, they drafted Pierre Strong, who we love, if Harris were to go down, there's a clear path to touches for Stevenson in an offense that is predicated on establishing the run. Although Bellatrix are always in play. So who really knows? How long have you been waiting to organically put Bella tricks into a sentence? Well, this is a 13th episode. So since all of those episodes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, sorry about that. Mom decided to roll on into the recording studio here to inform me that my daughter's in the house. But nonetheless... Oh, good. Hi, mom. This is she's going now. I, I sent her packing. So uh, <laughs> as a group, this will be like Miami. Their whole will look amazing. Not one of them will be anything fantastic. I don't want to touch any of them. Everything I've reading coming out of Patriots land says they think this will be the year the students will start to overtake Harris a little bit. Uh, I don't think strong will actually even play a lot unless you're an injury. But again, we don't know. Because Damon Harris could have 400 yards and 17 touchdowns in week one, and he won't dress in week two. So you just, you never know. It's a team. I can't touch them. I mean, even if Harris had, I don't know, five less touchdowns, he's still an RB2. I mean, he's still like in the 21, 22 area. Yeah, he's all you, yours. Interesting. Okay, listen. I'm not. I, I just don't I'm not saying you're it. wrong. It's just I mean, I'm not saying I okay. want him on my team. It's maybe just a backup, but I can't recommend to anybody. This is a guy you want to start every week. All right, so I got you. This next thing I'm going to talk about: Brees Hall, um, Damian Harris, or Brees Hall. Who do you want? Brees Hall. Okay. Well, he's a rookie. Uh, I at least think he has a higher upside. I, well, I, I think, think Harris is maxed out. He was electric in college, and I don't know if you know this, but a rookie running back has finished in the top six in terms of fantasy in four of the last five years. The Jets threw the ball 223 times more than they ran. 
but I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they want to control the clock. I think they want to control the game. Last year, their defense was so bad. They could not do yeah, that. They, they had playing, to throw. They were playing catch-up from yeah, they're down basically after points the at halftime right, every week. The first drive. The first drive for playing yeah. catch-up. Um, Brees Hall can be a third down back. He, he was in college. Uh, but the Jets also have one of my favorite running backs from last year, and that's Michael Carter. Carter easily led the Jets in carries and yards last year, but he also had 55 targets in the pass game. I love their one-two punch. I just worry how open those running lanes are going to be if defenses don't care who's throwing the football. Yeah, again, these are guys that you don't you can't trust on a, on a weekly basis to start. You might want not you might want to have Hall or Carter somewhere in your lineup or uh, on your on your squad for a week. You need them. Some injuries. Some uh, guys on by. I, I just how do you how do you recommend any of these guys? And again, they've got well, four guys that are all going to see playing time. Hall, Carter, Coleman, Ty Johnson actually plays a good bit. I, I just I don't I can't I can't recommend to anybody. This is a guy to go uh, really aim to get in your draft. Well, Brees Hall right now is going as RB24. So he's in RB2 right now, according to um, Fantasy Pros ADP. I just don't know how. He hasn't played it down. You don't know exactly how they're going to use him. What is this team really even going to be? He said, I think the whole team's going to take a step up, but I don't necessarily know if it'll be him. We all thought it would be Carter last year, and he didn't exactly blow it up, did he? Uh, he did not. It's interesting because they have um, Brees Hall as RB24 and Damian Harris as RB26. So that fits your narrative there, my friend. Yeah, I think he has a higher upside. I said, I, I like you said, with the regression on TDs, I, I think Harris is really overachieved. He's he's hit his ceiling. And, and most players like him that aren't exactly you know, the studs, they hit their ceiling and they don't stay there. This guy could right. could blow up. We don't know what this offense is going to do. They've got playmakers, but can they bring it all together? My fear, again, though, is will he be on the field enough? There's nothing more frustrating when your guy goes out and has two great drives and then he doesn't play again for the next two drives. He's just sitting on the sideline with a jack, you know, a poncho one. And I did, I, you know, I see all the time on Twitter and Facebook about Michael Carter, you know, he's going to, Brees Hall is not going to be a three down back. Michael Carter is going to take those passing snaps and third downs and blah, blah, blah. I heard, I can't remember which podcast it was. Again, I listened to a bunch, but one of them came out and said that Michael Carter only had three catches on third downs last year, which means his catches were coming on first and second downs, not third. Now, I don't know how to take that. I don't know if that means Brees Hall is going to be first and second down and Ty Johnson is going to be a third down back. You know, maybe they'll make yeah. Michael Carter the third down back. Maybe uh, Michael Carter digs into Brees Hall and they cancel each other out. Maybe it's like it, just about every other backfield in the AFC East where you really don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, I mean, what would he had 36 receptions for four touchdowns last year? Right. I, I don't know. This is like we could we could talk in circles all day about these these backfields, right? Because they're everything as fantasy managers that we hate. They're a bunch sure. of guys with a lot of talent, but too many of them on each team, and you never know week to week who's going to be used or how they're going to be used. And you just sit there and you lose by three points where this guy got you 1.7, whichever one it was, while the other one got 17. As you said, great for real football. Oh, yeah. Absolutely terrible. 
for fantasy football. Nightmare. Right. All right. So let's move on to the pass catchers in the AFC East. Uh, and we'll go with the Bills, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jameson Crowder, and Dawson Knox. Most likely going to be your top four. Diggs, obviously the unquestioned number one. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. We don't need to talk about him a whole lot, right? He had 160 targets, over 160 targets, over 100 catches, and over 2,700 yards the last two seasons. 18 total touchdowns. Um, I mentioned this before when I said that Diggs was my wide receiver three. Diggs was second in air yards last year, second in red zone targets, and second in total route wins. This dude is – he's just great, man. He's just great. Now, Gabe Davis, this is where this is where it gets tricky because – We've all been waiting for the Gabe Davis breakout. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. I mean, last year it was being he was being crammed down our throats, and it's even worse this year. But I'm still dragging my feet a little bit. He's talented. Do, don't get me wrong; he's good. But he's a guy. He's had a whopping 35 catches two years in a row on the season. He finished last season tied for the wide receiver 54 spot with Khalif Raymond. <laughs> it's are you are you fawning over Khalif Raymond this year? I like everyone not. else is fawning over Gabe Davis. Now I know that Davis is in a much better situation than Raymond. He's got Josh Allen's quarterback. He's probably the number two in Buffalo. Um, but come on, I, I need to see more from him to hop on this Gabe Davis train. And Davis had a touchdown basically on every six catches. That's not going to happen again. And his co- his career numbers, he's been in this league two years. If you took all of his, his catches, his yards, his touchdowns, everything, his whole career, he, he would have been wide receiver eight last year. If you took both years combined, he'd have been wide receiver eight. I understand we're projecting here, but honestly, I don't really know where to put him right now. He's like wide receiver 32-ish for me. So we're on the back end of the wide receiver three going into wide receiver four territory. But honestly, the guys I have around there are all interchangeable into about wide receiver 45. I don't, I mean, I could put any of these guys anywhere and be okay with it. Uh, And then lastly, Crowder, I've talked about him before. I think he's better than Beasley. He's younger than Beasley. He'll be great from the slot. And Dawson Knox again. Right. You're listening. He, most he's a better respected, hated he, player yes, on earth for yeah, reasons maybe, nobody maybe, understands. Maybe. He, <laughs> he's a better real life tight end than fantasy. He's not going to score nine touchdowns again. And he's, he's not going to, he was worse than Gabe, Gabe Davis. Did this guy run catches. over your dog? I mean, what, what did this guy ever do to you that you despise him? So you get so worked up and flustered. You get all animated every time you talk about him. Keep in mind, he helped me. I know. So I don't understand fantasy championship game last year. I'm pretty sure he ran over your dog sometime between your fantasy championship in the last two months. We'll see. Did you lose your mind? Like, did you lose my freaking mind? (laughs) I don't know. I think you're right. I do get a little fired up over Dalton. You do. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. I actually like like the guy. He's just not going to do what he did last year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tell me so, about what, what your takes on this. Diggs is Diggs. He's going to throw up his numbers as long as he doesn't turn into a diva and get whiny. Gabe Davis, again, you're right. Part, part of the problem he has is though you have such a prolific offense, you have so many playmakers, you can only spread the ball around so much, right? If you Not, not everybody yeah. can have 15 touchdowns. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Crowder, I've always liked Crowder. He's been on a lot of my teams. I just – 
I don't I don't think he's I know he was one of your bold predictions to be what a top 30? 30. Yes, sir. I I, I think that'll be be tough. Knox, yes, I don't think he'll have that many touchdowns, but I still think he's going to be a top 10 tight end. Uh, but they also have O.J. Howard, so they do have a, a viable backup that they can bring in. You do think Knox is going to be a top 10 tight end? I do, yeah. Because there's not much behind. There aren't a lot of great tight ends that throw up much. We, we listed some of the guys that the, – the plethora of guys only to score like one touchdown, two touchdowns. He'll do more than that. He's a, he's a vital part of their offense. Listen, you can say it. I just I don't have to like it. Well, like I said, I I, I still don't know what this guy did to you. It's he's wronged you in some way that for, for some reason we we you can't we're not all privy to such information. All right, so uh, let's move on to Miami, uh, and there are really only two guys as far as wide receivers go that I care to draft. Um, let me, you know what? Let me take that back. There's really two guys I care to draft as far as their pass catchers go, and that's Jalen Waddle and Mike Jasicki. I'm just not interested in Tyreek Hill. If he falls to me at the right spot, I will take him. But we've said this two or three times already. I have Waddle ranked above Tyreek Hill. His game just doesn't mesh with the offense that Miami is going to run, uh, especially with the noodle arm to a and Waddle's fine because he he's going to soak up targets just like he did last year. He's going to run those short, high percentage routes. His his yards per target last year was seven point three yards per target. That is that's low, my friend. That is low. And Tyreek Hill, I, he can do those same things. He did those things in Kansas City, but. His real-life impact is going to be stretching the field because Miami doesn't really have anyone else that is really capable of scaring defenses like Tyreek Hill is. So I think his he is going to be stretching that field to open those running lanes, to open that short passing game, to run that San Francisco offense that they want to run. Now, for me, Mike Jasicki, I have him way higher than most people. Uh, in my eyes, I think he is seems to benefit the most because I know he's not near the blocker that George Kittle is, but that Kittle role with Mike McDaniel's offense, that, sh- that should be Jasicki's. And we all know how lucrative that position can be because Kittle's been a top four fantasy tight end in points per game basically his entire career. And I think Jasicki steps right into that. Yeah, I think you've lost your mind. You're right. That's he's fair. never he's never in a running place. He's you. You can be guaranteed when he's in the game, it's going to be a pass. Um, the thing is, there in San Fran, is the tight end is is used in a way that he's able to 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 get these big plays. I just don't know if Kasiki can do those type of big plays. I just he's a good good guy. He's strong, but I don't I don't know that he, it's going to equate to the same there. I wouldn't mind having him. I think you no, know. but there again, a lot of mouse feed. Isn't Waddle one of the fastest receivers in the league? Uh, I'm, I mean, he's he can move. I don't. I mean, it depends. They run like in the four threes. I'm sure. So they they might have the fastest one two punch. I would wonder, and obviously uh, the coach wasn't there last year. Why he wasn't used more to stretch the field? Why these little pity pat things? Yeah. 
But I don't know. And, and of course, one of my uh, bold predictions is that our boy is Tyreek's going to just lose his freaking mind like you do with Dawson Knox and Diva out and end up getting suspended. And he uh, he is not going to be happy. I'm telling you, if what you just said and what I've said in the past comes to fruition. He will not be a happy camper down there. So do me a favor. Think about the in the last two, three years. Think about the San Francisco offense. Okay. Who was who was a field stretcher? I don't know. Is there one at all? It, yeah. Exactly. That's my point with Waddle. Like they have someone now in Tyreek Hill, but they don't have the quarterback to get it there. So that's my point. The seam should be open. Waddle's going to be open underneath. Jasicki runs those underneath routes as well. Um, and he's athletic. So I'm telling you. I feel good about the singing this year. Very How good. How much would you love this offense if Fitz was still there? Um, I would love it I'll, so much more. At least the I'll, way he can oh, chuck I'll the ball 65 yards downfield. Do, do you know what would make me love it? What if Jimmy Garoppolo was there? And I, 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 someone had thrown out a question about Jimmy Garoppolo on Twitter, and I said, look, Mike McDaniels isn't afraid to go out and get his old guys. Like he brought in Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Right. I mean, what if he what if he put something together and got Jimmy Garoppolo in Miami? I don't I don't know the salary cap situation. Not that that really matters. Yeah. But how would you feel about these skill position players if Jimmy if Jimmy G was a quarterback rather than two? Stronger arm knows the offense. Uh, other than the fact that he's always hurt, the guy's a winner. All, so now, all of a sudden, Miami, we're thinking wild card. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of people I'd rather have there than Tua. Um, yeah, so, so, again, these guys, they'll put up some numbers. I just think Tyreek's going to lose his mind. And I'm not as quite as high on Gasicki as you are. And that's fair. Uh, not many people are, so I understand that. All right, moving on to the New England Patriots pass catchers. Much like the Dolphins running backs, I'm just going to bunch all these guys up together. Devontae Parker's a new guy, and he actually came over from Division Foe, Miami. Yep. Uh, and then you have last year's lead guy, Jacoby Myers. He had 126 targets last year, but he only had 83 catches to show for it. Uh, 866 yards, two touchdowns. They have Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and they still they drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second round. I'm, I'll never not be baffled by that uh, unless yeah. he turns into something that I – Absolutely cannot expect happening. Uh, and then their tight ends, obviously they're big on those, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Henry was by far the favorite target in this offense. The two tight end stats matched up like this. Hunter Henry had 50 catches. Jonu Smith had 28. It was 603 yards to 294. Nine touchdowns to one. Tight end nine in fantasy to tight end 34, which is wild because – we really, I don't say we as in me and you, but the fantasy community in general, I mean, we really thought that John New Smith was going to be the guy. He seems to be the more athletic. He yep. was dominant in uh, Tennessee. It just, it just didn't happen. The thing, though, that's crazy is that Henry went through a ridiculous stretch of basically only catching touchdown passes. And for the season, he caught like one every five and a half catches, and I don't see that coming again. Uh, but let, let me do this for you. Um, he, 
he had in one game two targets and a touchdown catch. He had four targets and a touchdown catch. He had three catches and a touchdown catch. He had four targets, four catches, and two touchdowns in a game. I mean, this is these numbers are absurd. And I, that's not going to happen again, but he, he still has to be the lead guy in New England, right? I mean, you're not taking John New Smith over Henry, right? I wouldn't know. And it was weird because remember, they, they gave Smith that big contract. And I was saying he's going to blow up. And then, like a week later, they bring in Henry. And everybody thought this was going to be the next Gronk Aaron Hernandez deal where these guys are just lighting it up every week. And it just didn't work out. Both of them missed time. They just weren't that great. Jones wasn't really throwing to him that much. And it just didn't turn out to be very exciting. Again, like, so when, when we talk about all these guys, what were they? The number six offense, scoring offense? Yeah. Well, it's and not a single guy did anything that was spectacular. They're all just like this middling statistics. It, it's really weird. So, again, Except it proves for, our point. Everything's so spread out there that none of them are worth grabbing. D- Damian Harris having 15 r- touchdowns. That is, that's a lot. And that's that stands out. Um, <laughs> I don't, I still, Hunter Henry, four targets, four catches, two touchdowns. And, and he did the, that type of thing, you know, repeatedly. It's not going to happen this year. So, just like I don't know how to, what to think about the Patriots as a team, I don't know what to think about their running backs. I know what to think about the receivers. I'm not on them at all. I don't know what to think about the tight ends. They're not going to be that good again, or are they? Are they going to focus on the tight ends? I just that, I don't that that team that team is an enigma. I don't trust any of them from a fantasy standpoint. Belichick's just always right. been a nightmare, except for Brady and Welker for a while, and Edelman, and of course Randy Moss. May the what's maybe the only back you could ever trust with him? Now's the earliest when Corey Dillon was there. I just can't trust week in, week out. Any of there's not a single guy on their team I trust week in, week out. If history tells us anything, it's James White. Yeah, maybe as long as he's Thanks. healthy, he's at least going to get yeah. eight catches and 55 yards and maybe a TD. It's not going to we'll blow, blow, blow a team up, but he's you know, he's going to probably get some points because he does love him. I'll be honest, we ran through this pretty quick. So I, I'm, I'm going to hit you with a, a quick question. Still have the Jets just, left. Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you for keeping me on track here. Um, The Jets, they are pretty deep at wide receiver. They got rookie Garrett Wilson. They have veteran Corey Davis and one of my favorite young wide receivers in the league, and that's Elijah Moore. You and I both were very high on him last year coming out. And they re-signed Braxton Berrios. I'm not sure where he fits into this Pro equation outside, outside of four wide receiver sets. I don't know where he fits in here, but um, rookies for me, they're always a gamble. And with so many miles of feed coupled with a quarterback, still got a lot of growing up to do. It's tough for me to think that Garrett Wilson is going to make a huge year one impact. So I'm, I'm pretty out on him. Uh, he's a wide receiver five for me. I think if, you know, I'm thinking back to my, uh, my rankings. Corey Davis, he only played nine games, uh, but he averaged four catches and 50-couple yards a game. So it's not great. It's not terrible. Didn't he He have two touchdowns in week one last year? uh, Week – it may have been – he blew up week one for sure. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, wow, what a great signing. 
Right. Well, that didn't the end of that. that didn't actually right. That didn't actually pan out. Uh, now Elijah Moore, he's the guy I want to succeed the most. Um, I just don't know how to rank him in terms of fantasy. His total numbers on the year: forty-three catches, five hundred thirty-eight yards, five touchdowns. They're not glowing, uh, but he more than passes the eye test if you watched any Jet games, which I'm not highly recommending you do. But if you did. He looked good out there. He did blow up for eight for 141 and a touchdown against Miami in week 10. And he scored all five of his touchdowns in the final five games that he played. Uh, He was ninth in route win rate. It didn't matter if it was man coverage, zone coverage. He can get open. He is such a talented route runner and a very good wide receiver. His current ADP is wide receiver 27. As much as I want to, I can't get that high on him because of the situation, because of the Jets, because of Zach Wilson. The talent is there. I just can't get that high on him. I love him, though. Man, I love him. He's electric, dude. He's great to watch because he's another one of those guys, like every time he touches the ball, is he going. They seem for reasons – I know he actually is targeted a lot when he plays, but it just doesn't seem like they're really using him how he could be used. He had that huge week, and I was this close to playing him in the once and done that week, but I didn't. I played him the next week when he went from that 8-141 game to 4 for 46. Then he played week 13, didn't play again. So, again, how do we trust him? This guy on any other team, he might be top seven or eight receiver on the Jets. Where do you, where do you put him? Do you have him in your top 32? Uh, I, I do not. Not currently. I want to, but I currently do not. How can you? I know. Right? When you look at the names above them that have every bit as much of a chance of scoring week to week, gain some yardage, but won't have as much of a roller coaster ride. Difficult. I don't want him to be my number two. I'm in real trouble if this guy's my number two receiver going into the season. Three, I can buy it. Flex guy, okay, maybe. But if he if I have to start this guy every week, I'm in for a long season. Oh, for sure. Uh, and right now, at this very moment, on um, Fantasy Pros ADP, he's wide receiver 29 at this exact moment. Mm. And the answer to your question earlier, Corey, uh, Corey Davis had five catches for 97 yards and, yes, two touchdowns. Yeah, I was just, just looking there. It's, uh, it was impressive. And matter of fact, I think you played him in week one and once and done last year, and he blew I up. I believe I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. You you started off strong, but that eventually, you know, the real deal Holyfield took over that league. Okay. Um, now we actually are done with the pass catchers because do you really need to talk about any tight ends with the Jets? I do not know that that's Tyler Conklin, CJ Zama. Right. That's the whole yeah. I mean, they spent a lot of money on the tight end position. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of dollar bills floating out there. Uh, for the death side ends, but yeah, more more power to them. Right. Glad they glad they, they love them because I don't. So last quick question for you. I posted this on our Facebook page. It's probably on Twitter as well. Um there have been on average every year one NFL team has had two wide receivers finish uh as wide receiver once in the top 12. Uh this past year I don't believe there was any but the year before, what, two years ago was um, the Buccaneers had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, two, 
Last year was no one. Two years ago, I'm sorry, it was Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. The year before was Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, if a team does it this year, which team do you think it will be? And I, I threw out some options. I said Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. That's who I picked. Oh, that okay. So you did answer that. All right. So you think it's going to be those two? I, I, I picked think they have the highest chance. I don't necessarily if any of them will, but just because Renfro will be open a lot still. He was last year, but they'll still use him in the red zone. I think he'll get just enough touchdowns that he would have the highest chance. The problem with Higgins is there's games where he disappears. Just so you're talking about Jamar Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Chase, I think, will, but Higgins, there's games where he just disappears. They barely even they'd barely even target him. Because you also Tyler Boyd. Um, well, I don't even remember what your other ones were. Um, but there's teams you never say two of the sides, he's a beast all of a sudden. Right, there's two of them right there. Waddle and Hill. I don't think that's gonna happen, but there there's a lot of teams with the talent to do it. But what kind of offensive scheme do they run and how often does a player disappear? Two that people sleep on, and I understand uh, the drowsiness, is Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Because like okay. I said, like I said two years ago, uh, they did it. And even last year, up until like week 12 or something, Adam Thielen was wide receiver yeah. seven or eight. Yeah, like, because it's touchdowns. Uh, touchdowns. Touch, he loves 100%. throwing to him inside, like even the 10. He just throws to him, throws to him, throws to him. So how many years do we go before we're like, because every year it's like, oh, Thielen's not going to do that again. He does it. Oh, Thielen's not going to do that again. He does it. How many years do we go before we realize Kirk Cousins looks for Thielen in the end zone? That's what he does. That's who he's looking for. So that I, I think that's enough. Now, I did not pick that. My pick was Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And currently right now, I have them both ranked as wide receiver ones. I know I had Mike Williams as wide receiver four when we went over our early yeah. five. I think he's, I think I have him at six now. So he's still in the neighborhood. He's hasn't dropped too far, but I have Keenan Allen as wide receiver 12, I believe. So I, I already have the chargers making it happen. And with, in the division they're in with that offense and Justin Herbert, that's, that's my, uh, if I'm putting money on it, that's where my, my money goes. We could in the Minnesota thing. Again, they also are saying they're going to pass even more now. So that adds to Thielen and JJ. I just think as far as the report, the quarterback, the way things are going to go, playing in a very high-scoring division, I think those Raiders boys have the best chance. All right, sir. Anything else from you? No, sir. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Let's, let's go over Baker Mayfield real quick. Uh, do we have to? I understand. Of course Baker we just do. Got... That's big news, baby. Is Deshaun it... Watson's he... latest is the – I love the funny memes now of all everything they trade and all the money they're paying. Also um, – Who's the who's the third? Jacoby Brissett could be their starter now. No, no, not could be. Is going to will be. probably be yeah, unless something really drastic changes. Because um, I think that report's supposed to come out like next week. That the eleventh judge that's supposed to give him his sentence or punishment. And Mayfield's in Carolina, but there's still people saying that they did that trade and he still won't be starting. The darn will still start day one. Of course, now it's, Robbie Anderson has to apologize because the first thing he said when he heard something like that might happen months ago was, no. <laughs> so now he's well, he in just, hot water. No, he's just showing support for his incumbent yeah, right. that's quarterback. What they all say one, that's what they all say once they get busted. Mayfield's better than Darnold. It's crazy for I a guy think, who sucked so bad last year as Robbie Anderson to run his mouth at all. Uh, well, that's also true. But listen, NFL wide receivers are a completely different breed. Wide receivers – 
and NFL cornerbacks are an absolute breed of their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just it, as much of a story as make as the Panthers trading for Baker Mayfield, as much of a story as that is, it's, it's such a non-story because we heard about this for what, six months, maybe, yeah. maybe more. And it's just, I posted on our page. It's about time. I'm just tired of hearing about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't hear about it. Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter. It's not going to be Sam Darnold. The, the Carolina Panthers, I'm pretty sure they can get out from Sam Darnold after next year. They're going to have to suck it up this year. I get it. But Mayfield's going to be healthy. There. I'd like to see him down yes, there healthy and play uh, yeah. like he did two seasons ago. Right. DJ Moore's going to be better. Right. DJ Moore's going to be better. Robbie Anderson's going to be better. Christian McCaffrey, as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, you know he's going to perform. Unless he breaks his ankle walking down the street. Okay. Well, we don't need to put that juju out there. Poor fella. I know. But um, so yeah, we had we had to at least mention all that. So so That's we'll fair. see where that goes. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, uh, thank you everyone for taking a listen to our show. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, and on Twitter we are at gybr underscore podcast. Again, it's at gybr underscore podcast. Like, subscribe, do all of those fun things. Help us out a little bit. You guys are awesome. Kevin, I'll see you later, buddy. Later, brother.